Leafs Talk, J.D. Bunkus, joined by special guest Anthony Petrelli, one of my favorite guys to read on All Hockey. Thanks for doing this, brother. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I wish we could have been doing this on a on a win. It would have been nice to do it on a win, but I will say this. That was, I don't even know where to go with this game because there was just so much. It felt like multiple games tonight. Leafs come out. They play horrifically to start the game. I think that Vancouver begins with seven shots to the Leafs nothing. They scored the first three goals of the game. You think Toronto's completely discombobulated. This one's going to be just a laugher. All we're going to be doing is talking about the coach getting fired. Then they come out with a second period that is among their best of the season, tie this hockey game, and then they fall apart late with the penalties. What did you make of this one? Yeah, I mean, if I had to boil it down to two things, it'd be pretty simple. They, they outshot them 47-21, and their power play went 0-5, and Vancouver went 2-3. for 3, And I, Both those things are basically the game, right? If you If you flipped goalies, what's the score in that game tonight? I think that's a big talking point tonight is Martin Jones. Like... I will say that I I always am uh, reluctant to just blame the goalie guy. It's just the the former goalie in me that tries so hard <laughs> to defend him. I thought this was Martin Jones's worst game. I, like he just he wasn't seeing it tonight, man. And that's not been his mo so far. But if you looked at just where he was positionally tonight, the way that he was sort of swimming around, sort of searching for it while he was trying to battle, a really really tough night for Martin Jones. His his worst as a Leaf. Were any of those first three goals good? No, like where they they weren't like none of them were actually good goals. There was a point yeah. I know we were messaging one early was a on. Snipe. Second one was a nasty goal, but it's you got to save it. You got to save yeah. it. You got to yeah. save it. I mean, it's yeah. not it's not some crazy release that Hoglander has. It's a it is a decent shot. Credit to him for taking it, but it's not you know Pedersen ripping it or or Miller, someone who's deceptive in how they mm-hmm. shoot. It's just a guy going short side. Yeah, right. Conversely, you know we were messaging during that first and I was going, Oh my God, what, what happened? But there was a point really early on in the second before the Leafs even scored to make it three, one. And I was looking around going, the shots are 11, nine Toronto mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're losing three, nothing. And none of the goals were good. Nope. Like none of them were, were, you know, at the same time though, it needs to be addressed at how poorly they started the game. Like you mentioned shots were seven, nothing. And Vancouver came out fired up and ready to go. And the Leafs didn't match it. They Mm -hmm. completely did not match it. And that is problematic because that has been a theme for them for years now. It's hard. You don't want to continually just point to things every single time and and exasperate it and make it a bigger story than it needs to be. But at the same time, when this is just, it's it's always a theme. It's a big game. And that is a big game. They're playing a top team in the league. They're in their house. It's Hockey Night in Canada. You know, the Leafs have, went into that what winning six losing 16 of 18 in vancouver like players gotta be aware since 2019 yeah and then that larger trend was i think 16 of 18 Mm -hmm. which is just insane and so like you had to be ready for that game and they absolutely were not ready yeah uh i think that this was a game of a couple themes for them which was the the d zone coverages uh, some goaltending bitching from everybody, probably in all like every single Maple Leaf fan that's possible. And yeah, I thought that the the biggest goal of the game, arguably, or one of the biggest goals, was just Toronto's trending in the right direction. They're dominating Vancouver, and then what happens? Right, it's slow starts and it's poor finishes to periods, and it's the final minute of the second period where they give up the fourth one. It's another leaky goal. It's another play where you know they get hemmed in their own end, and bang! All of a sudden, Vancouver is able to kind of find themselves and go into the period going wait, we just got completely caved in and yet we're winning this thing. 
Yeah, and I think I think what is tough too, and I know I I point at the shots, but it, it's worth it's worth kind of flagging and discussing. So Vancouver started the game off hot when mm-hmm. it was a tie game early on. Obviously, it starts zero zero, but then when the Leafs tied the game, the Leafs did make a push after to get that fourth goal. They didn't. Vancouver scored this goal, but you still go into the third period all in all in pretty good shape, feeling good, and. Vancouver again it just felt like they were creating and I was having a little bit of you're kind of watching it going both ways you're going one anything that goes towards the Leafs net is just an absolute adventure good shot or not it just felt terrible tonight no matter what it was and so that that's problematic that kind of clouds how you view things sometimes because it didn't take much for you to sit there and go it might be a goal right like I, I felt that vi- immediately in, in the game tonight. Like, well, the first yeah. one was actually kind of obvious because it's a situation again where Toronto can't clear a puck. And then Martin yeah. Jones has an opportunity to freeze it and he can't collect the puck, which actually is the theme of a couple of his goals tonight is he has a chance to kind of kill a play when Vancouver is creating something and he's not able to come up with it. But yeah, this first one, they like they you just knew this was going to happen. They couldn't get it out. They're scrambled in their own end. It's something that they haven't been good at basically the entire season. And bang, Vancouver opens up the scoring. There were so many fundamentally bad things, especially as you see it kind of playing back. I mean, Jones has to cover that puck, obviously. That's probably where Joseph Walls maybe has his best ability is he's such a calm goalie and he just kind of instills confidence in everybody else because of, I mean, and you know it as your goalie, he's so economical in his movements. He's massive. Every Like nothing seems to phase him. It almost looks like he's never making any sort of crazy acrobatic save because he's always just in good position. Like Jones has to cover that puck. He can't, the way he botched it and then was swimming and then all of that. But the clip that I actually had flagged, which was even way before this uh, offensive zone time happened, is what how this very shift started where Mark Giordano gets the puck at center here and you'll see, and he just skates in. Like, like he's in his early 30s Norris form, and the whole play is just discombobulated from here on out. Now mm-hmm. it's you have a guy before playing defense. Mark Giordano is back checking. Like it just set, and for what? You're two minutes into a zero zero game on the road, and it just it's so unnecessary. What did he? What was the possible reward that was going to happen there? Was Giordano going to throw a massive hit and cause some sort of turnover? That that like. There was nothing there. I think that's a really good pickup. And honestly, it was a tough night for Giordano. Like if you went across for like most of the Leaf skaters, you would say, hey, this game was really good. Like I'm a big process versus results guy. And it's why, you know, I had some buddies and I'm sure you did too, who are firing you with text messages tonight being like, they got to fire the coach. And I really did think that's what it was again for the opening 10 minutes of this hockey game. Like the opening 10, I thought, oh my God, this is it. This is actually the tipping point moment because they're going to fall. They're they're just going to completely disappear. But there's something sick about this group where it's almost like they want you to write them off completely before they start to skate like it's like a toxic relationship they're like we're we're leaving you we're leaving you we're leaving you and then all of a sudden you're getting back together and everything's fine the way that they march back from yeah probably the the second half of the first and then throughout the second period but yeah i thought giordano was really fighting it tonight and you saw it with some just real moments of frustration from him like a guy who just knew he he was struggling to play at a pace against a team like Vancouver who had that kind of skill and that kind of speed. Yeah. And he struggled against Colorado. And 
honestly, it's it's sad to say. I have so much respect for Giordano. Of course, he's he's the oldest player in the league. Like he is, he, he is legitimately a warrior. He like he is like he's physical. There was I kind of laughed at that scrum towards the very very end with uh, Yarncroc and mm-hmm. Suter because Dakota Joshua sort of like waded his way in there, and Giordano came and pulled him over. And like mm-hmm. I thought Giordano laid a beating on him. In yeah, the first he wanted game. he wanted a piece tonight. Like Giordano yeah. wanted a pound of flesh tonight, and you could tell. And I just wondered. I actually wondered two things about the chippiness tonight. Um, I, uh, although I do want to close the Martin Jones loop with just this thought, which is, yeah. I, I really the guy has been one of the Leafs' most important players this year. We have been really celebrating him. I don't like it when it's like, oh, the guy deserves an off night. Now nah, it, it it just you got to be critical of the play when it's bad. But you mentioned the thing yeah. about Wool and how calming he's been and how good he's been in that. I actually think that's been the staple of Jones. And that's why it was kind of yeah. odd to see him be this way tonight where he did look frazzled. He, he just, he, it, it seemed as though the two bad goals got to him mentally, which is something that you don't normally see from a guy that has as many starts as Martin Jones has played as many years as Martin Jones. And, and I just felt like Vancouver was like, we're, we're going to fire anything at your glove. And we feel like it's, it's going to go in the net if we put it there. And it did. And he just, he just never recovered from it. So hopefully he bounces back. I don't think this is a fatigue issue. I hope it's not a fatigue issue, I guess I should say more so. Yeah. But it's going to be kind of interesting what they get from Samsonov tomorrow because I feel like if he can play well, he might get two starts in a row, shockingly, given the way Martin Jones has performed recently. Samsonov was not bad in his last start. No, he wasn't. And I'll say, I I bet you anything that their plan was to start Samsonov against Calgary. But just given what happened in Edmonton and what was happening with the team, I just... Mm -hmm. I I don't think that that was a a plausible situation no. for them to start. So I well, I bet you, you anything if he gets if he gets filled in right. Like how do you defend you that decision? That, you're screwed. You're, and if you, and if you're Sheldon Keith, that decision falls on you. And then you're saying, well, that's my job. I I, I yeah. weirdly this is a, a weird. I know everybody's on Keith's ass right now, but this is a weird one for me because I go, if you're thinking that they're not listening to the coach or they're not engaged with the coach, you can't see an effort like tonight and say that they quit on him, right? They fall down 3-0 in the game, they battle. and then they come back and battle, and yet I feel as though this puts a lot of heat now on a back-to-back with Samsonov in net where, like, they lay this egg, and yeah, it, boy, I don't like saying it's curtains, but it's just, I, I feel like it's going to be an entire week of just, like, big-time noise. Big-time, big-time, big-time noise. Yeah, I mean, I ultimately, I don't think it's it's this one was on Keith. I mean, again, shots were 47, 21. You, mm-hmm. you know, you win that game more often than not, but I do think that there are some things that, that do need to get flagged, which is one, how bad that start was like, mm-hmm. they weren't ready and they weren't ready against Calgary either. Like they were awful mm-hmm. in the first period against Calgary. Um, like, like it was, it was looking like change Like something was going to have to change before the end of that game, like personnel wise, at how bad that first period was and whatever they came back and they won the game and that kind of quieted things down but then to come out and play a really bad first you know first 10 minutes i would call it more than anything once again that is that is on them that that is on preparation that is on not being ready to go and you know you kind of get into been around long enough that you know when you see it and whether it's the ron wilson era the paul maurice era the randy era or the babcock era it's always oh, well, you know, these are pros and they need to start on time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's on them at the end of the day. But, like, it is on – it is – that stops with the coaching staff. Like, there's never any stress of accountability on that side of things. And you can't just keep starting games like this, which is 
consistently what they've done in critical games under Keefe. Yeah. And like, that's just, that was a really bad start. And I think he yeah, has all a the mentality. Minutes count the same. All the minutes yeah. count the same. Like they might've outshot them, but like those three goals are the reason why they lost that hockey game. And yeah, the goaltending, sure. One thing, those pucks went in the net, but they were lifeless to start it. And yeah. I, again, you're right. It's about preparation. I just, I have a tough time with the players in this one because that clearly would have been the memo going into this Vancouver game where you're heading into an amped up arena. You're facing a Canucks team that is chomping at the bit to play you that can't wait to prove themselves at a seven o'clock start on hockey night in Canada. Like those things matter. You might be watching this and saying like they don't, or you think that it's exaggerated. For it's sure absolutely not. And yet time and time again, it just feels like the Leafs players are never able to match that emotional punch out of the gate in these, in these big spotlight moments. Like I'm with you. This is on coaching. This is on preparation. Yeah. This is on motivation, but it's like, I guess if you think like he's lost the room, right? No. And, and I you don't think, think they're that. not listening fine, but it doesn't look like a team that he's lost the room on when they respond yeah. that way. Right. It just, there just seems to be this one same theme, which is they can't match the energy of teams that are juiced up to play the Leafs in the first seven minutes. And if they can't survive that stretch without some good goaltending or some fortuitous bounces, then they end up digging themselves out of a hole. Yeah, and I, when I think about those starts, the the thing that comes to mind for me is I, I do think teams take on the identity of their coaches. Mm. And I think we, we've heard this from, from Keith so many times. This, um, you know, it's just, it's one of 82. I think he very much has that mentality across mm. the board. You know, it's, it's just, a, it's, it's another game. Like we don't want to get too high. We don't want to get too low. And you never really do see them get high. Often you don't see them get low. So that part is good, but you never see them get yeah. high. Sometimes it's not right? good. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you'd like to see them feel a little low and look a little angry with some of the performances, maybe a little but, bit. That's the thing I loved about tonight is they played really chippy. They found a yeah. way to fight themselves into the game and they were playing with a ton of emotion. I just, th this was my theory about tonight with the penalties. Okay. Cause we can say that they're dumb. They're they're. It's two horrific cross-checking penalties, one from Domi and one from Giordano. And I couldn't help but think to myself, all right, how much of this comes from the team not playing this way very often, where it is with a lot of edge, where they are used to playing in a chippy game? And like their experience with the playoffs, right? So, so they should have some of this. But I wonder if it just boils over a little bit more when you don't have those repetitions where all of a sudden you're in a game like this, you're not really used to it, and now you don't know how to contain that emotion and it manifests itself in a couple of horrific cross-check penalties honestly what i think it is is those are two players that have been around the league and so they have some level of pride being in the league mm -hmm. and they're just playing terrible hockey it was giordano and domi like domi was awful oh, tonight. Two worst players tonight outside the goaltender right like did yeah. domi reasonably get the puck out of his zone until that last shift of the game that he had with matthews and marner he, like was, he was just he was public enemy number one tonight in terms of just being hemmed in and not being able to do really much of anything it, about it. It was awful. And so to me, a large part of that is just frustration from being in your zone all the time. And mm -hmm. he's and he's trying to stop it. And Giordano kind of similar, right? I I thought that one was a little bit more like it was a little bit softer, I would mm -hmm. call it. Um like it was that was pretty high in the back. I don't want to sit here and like fully analyze a cross check, but it's pretty high in the back to flop. I think it was, a, it was a little did. bit of a dive, but in that situation, yeah. right after they've just called that penalty where you're in wide open ice and there's no one within 10 miles of you. It just, it, yeah. it, it I, I don't know. I, I thought it was, I agree with you that it was a bit of a softer game. It probably doesn't happen in a vacuum. If this game, if you know, if it's just tied there, 
the le- the refs probably let it go. But considering that it was right after they just called Domi on it and no one's around this play, no one's around the pot. Yeah, I, I thought they kind of had to do it. Yeah, and um, like I said, I mean, Giordano, we talked about it already. He just... He had trouble with the speed of the game today. Mm-hmm. He he just he was not good. I just didn't think he was making good decisions by and large. We kind of highlighted it with that skate in mm-hmm. for no reason, which he's been strangely doing now for like weeks on end. And again, like to me, those things start to circle back to coaching because like, why is nobody talking to this guy? Like the fact that he thinks that he's green lit to go four check zero mm-hmm. zero two minutes into the game is insane to me. The fact that he thinks that he's able to just like freely go all the way below the goal line zero zero two minutes in on the road no less mm-hmm. like if it was san jose in toronto and sure. Giordano was like you you'd kind of sit there on the bench be like okay like take this game a little bit seriously but like all right whatever but again you're on the road it's one of the top teams in the league you've already beat them you know they're going to come out fired up the speech for vancouver writes itself in this game every time right like 4 p.m game and this in this case of this season, it's like we're the top team in the league or one of them, and we have to cater to Toronto. And, yeah. you know, it's easy to hate Toronto. They came out as fired up as any one of us reasonably expected them to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I so, think that that's been something with a lot of their defensemen this year. Like, this has been the thing with McCabe, right, is yeah. if you're going to say that it's coaching and say that it's okay, I, I think it's beyond okay. I think that it's something that they've clearly encouraged with their team. Yeah. Because this isn't something that you just see as a one-off tonight with – with Giordano, as you've mentioned, they, they've got they've yeah. been caught on this all season long. This has been something that goes back to the very first week of the season. So I think it's a really good catch tonight. I think it's a really good point of conversation. But yeah, I think yeah that this has been this has been emphasized. And now, if they're trying to reel it back, you're caught between uh, two thought processes. So I, I'm I'm not really sure what to make of it again, other than yeah. undisciplined action by a player, but part of something that yeah is is something that has been instilled in them by the coaches. Um, all right. Anything else on that? Or can we move to the next thing? Cause I got to say, like, I, I thought, I thought tonight again was a real, the, the positive side. Cause we've done a lot of negatives. Yeah. Another just awesome game for Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, where the two yeah. of them, I felt like completely kicked ass. I think, I think what was kind of interesting watching it is I know there's been some talk about, you know, should the Leafs be sellers of late and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of watching a lot of that game going, honestly, if you're going to look at me with a straight face and say Vancouver's a top five team in the league, which a lot of people seem to be, and and you won't find a soul right now that's saying Vancouver shouldn't buy. Sure. Like, should the Leafs really be, like, ultimately worried? I wasn't watching that game going, wow, like, Vancouver. Edmonton I watched and went, Edmonton's a problem. But Edmonton I definitely... Colorado both, I thought, this, yeah. this feels like a different level of team. But you're right. Yeah. Vancouver t- certainly didn't feel that way tonight. They've got incredible I, I, pieces. Hughes is just like a true delight to watch like yeah, it's a, great. A, a, a genuinely just every single time he comes over the boards. Ooh, I'm, I'm having fun watching this player, but yeah, the Demko was awesome. It's, it's not the yeah. best performance of Vancouver season. I don't think that they would say anything like that. They probably went to sleep a little bit too, when it was three, nothing like you come out yeah. with that kind of energy. The downside is that to sustain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, a Leafs team that, that decides to turn it on, it's it's harder for you to play. So yeah, uh, not the easiest game, I think, to just evaluate Vancouver on a whole. But no, I don't. I don't think that those two teams are world apart. I don't no. think that the Leafs are some kind of a seller to all team. I think that the bigger issue with them is that if you are heading into the deadline and you're right around, or you're, you know, you're not. I, I've said it all along. I think it's 2020 all over again. 
where there's maybe a piece or two that are unrestricted that you say, yeah, give us an offer. And if you're going to blow our socks off, maybe we'll move off of this piece like they tried to do with Tyson Berry or you're adding minimally and you're you're just saying we're getting you a Nick Patan. That's all you get. Nick Patan. Hope you <laughs> hope you enjoy uh, because you can't invest, I think, more into this team without them showing you more yes. consistently what we saw from the second period onward tonight. The, the Tyson Berry point is interesting. Not that I want to get into a whole like trade deadline approach piece sure. right now, but um, the, in which I'll say much like Tyson Berry then and with what a few guys are showing now, you can make mm-hmm. a real case for addition by subtraction. Just literally get off the Correct. Team. Yeah, because, that's it. And a bunch of their guys yeah. are on one-year contracts. Like there's a lot of players out there that are pending free agents that are just rentals to other places. And if you're, I, I hate saying this because it's going to probably get clipped by somebody, but <laughs> I thought about it with Domi tonight where I went, God, is, is he going to be one of those guys where you actually entertain a conversation where another team says, you know, if, say if you're Dallas, hey, this guy was great for us last year. He's not working in Toronto. You don't pick up the phone and just say to Toronto, hey, maybe there's some kind of a move that we can end up making here and you use whatever piece that you get in the Domi trade to flip it for someone else that can help you at the position that, might fit your team a little better. Like I know that takes a lot of creativity. That's a lot of risk. That's probably a bit of a hot take for right now, you know, 40 plus days removed from the deadline, but I've been sitting on it. (laughs) I've been, I've been sitting on thoughts like this, buddy. I think about the least every day. (laughs) I think the, I think the overall premise though, which ties back to your part about Matthews and Marner looking great today. And I thought Nylander was also able to kind of create at will tonight. Obviously best game since the contract. Yeah. And, you know, he was, he was making plays and, and all of that. So he was kind of driving his line the way that we're more accustomed to seeing from him. And all that to say is like their third line just got completely tilted tonight. They were on for early goals. They were on for critical moments. They took bad penalties. You kind of watch that game and go, if they just had a third line, literally just net nothing, just zero, just don't give up anything. Don't score Mm -hmm. anything. Just don't take a stupid penalty. Don't draw a power play which I think is also a problem. Their power play was over five tonight. We'll get into that in a bit. But if they, if they again, just a third line that legitimately did zero things across the yep. board, they probably win tonight. Well, and listen, that's a problem. Our, you can't our, lose games because of that. Totally agree. And as Jobo pointed out, our producer on the show in our <laughs> chat, uh, it's tough when there's a guy in Vancouver and Sam Lafferty that looks like he would be playing third line for yeah. the Leafs right now, if not higher up the lineup, because maybe he would have, replace Bertuzzi or he would have been doing more but yeah he's got as many goals uh as Domi and Bertuzzi have combined this season that's that's a really tough stat uh we we've praised tree living a lot on this show and for finding the guys along the margins right the Simone Benoit's uh it it just he's gotten a lot of credit tonight Benoit's had a a really good season from what you can consider terrific for them Jones up like up until recently has been phenomenal for them. Awful tonight, but I think we all agree that his move to make sure that he was getting extra money had someone claimed of off waivers was yep. a stroke of genius. But yeah, the Domi and Bertuzzi things continue to be pretty awful. Although I will say I thought Bertuzzi was good tonight. I, I really did. I, I thought that Bertuzzi played with a little bit more of he looked a little bit more like the guy that you expected when the Leafs signed him. The tough the tough thing with Bertuzzi is he's doing a lot of things well. And mm-hmm. his line has generally been good all season, mm-hmm. right? Like that Tavares, Bertuzzi, Nylander line was probably their best line for the first two months of the yep. season. And he played a big role in that. Like he was not a, a passenger, but at some point you need to produce and he's just not, you know, mm-hmm. like 
I love what Bertuzzi brings. I have so much time for all the little battles, like how nifty he is and recovering pucks and sure. what like the damage that he does in front of that and all these things. But like he is missing wide open chances now. Like he had, he had one two tonight. Yeah, all alone in the slot, which yep. was just it cannot happen. I know that the the disallowed goal, um, a bit more of a tough one when you're kind of getting hit from behind and, and it's in tight, but the one in the slot earlier. in the first period. Yep. You know, finish it, it. It felt like I hate to always bring him up. It felt like Alex Kerfoot, man. He got the chance and I was just kind of shrugged and went, All right, well, cares. Yeah. You know, just it wasn't gonna be a goal. You knew it. And yeah, you expect better from that. He had 30 goals one season in the league. I know a few were in the empty net and all that, but sure. But he should be serviceable offensively, and it just has not happened. And that is a problem. Like they desperately need some secondary scoring. Yeah, I've I've been I really like his playmaking. I think that we again pointed out a lot on the show because I think that everybody wants to like Bertuzzi and they wanted to work for Bertuzzi. And some nights it is a little bit overpassing when he's got an opportunity. But tonight was just one of those nights where you go, nope, it wasn't that. It was just the inability to finish. Okay, so you mentioned the power play. I think that's a that's a good larger theme to kind of close on before we do rapid fire. What what do you what do you see with it? Because yeah, Vancouver's was so dangerous, right? Like they step on the ice and you go, oh my god, this is terrifying. And you say, all right, maybe it's Hughes, maybe it's Petr-, but the Leafs have all the talent in the world. And I, the yeah. end of the game to me, I'm not really counting those power plays as much because it's just, yeah, it's it's ugly. You're you're just seeing scrums. Uh, you know, the Leafs know that they're not going to be able to tie this game at this point when there's like 25, 30 seconds left. Um, but what are you seeing? with the rest of it because it's been pretty well actually it's been pretty consistently not great now for a while yeah it's it's quietly not been great but their their percentage has still generally looked good just because they've had so few power plays that when they score on the odd occasion it really kind of juices the numbers a little bit more than probably it should um but yeah in critical moments it's come up not just empty but nothing and the biggest thing to me is they cannot gain the zone at all. Yeah. Their entries have just fallen off a cliff. They look absolutely terrible entering the zone through the neutral zone. We all know the play at this point where, you know, Riley's going to lug it to the blue line, maybe to center, and then he's going to drop it to Matthews and Marner. And they've it's gone completely stale in how they've approached it. It seems, you know, whoever gets the puck now is it's going up their wall and then they're going to try to gain the zone around the face-off dot at the offside dot and a little chip pass to the wall and teams are just fully selling out now. So it's like whenever that, you know, whether it's Marner on his side or Matthews on his side, the penalty kill is just totally swarming it. And whether it's Tavares or Nylander, they get the puck, they have nothing, right? Like the through guys to covered, the back guys covered you'd have to make some sort of crazy exceptional pass. Like they just, their power play would be fine if they gain the zone. That That is not the, once they've set up it, you, you know, it's any power play penalty kill situation. If a power play sets up, you got nothing. Yeah. But th- I think that's, that's it is how many times you watch the least power play and tonight included where you feel like they, they weren't set up at all. Like the first two, I mean, the yeah. one when Morgan Riley was in the box was awful. Yeah. Right. Like Morgan Riley is really good at making plays on the entry. Like that's by and large why he's on the power play, mm-hmm. but it can't, it can't be that bad without him. It, it was, it was painful to kind of watch Mark Giordano try to lug it and make plays and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, whether it is Giordano or Riley or Lilligren, they're providing no threat 
you know, Vancouver sold out on it to a crazy degree. Like, good for their pre-scout. They were ready for it. Like, that's special. the special teams cost the Leafs by and large this game. If they scored on the power play and they could kill a penalty, and, yeah. and their penalty kills at bottom five in the league now, I think, yeah. after tonight. So you're not going to survive games when your penalty kill is this terrible and your power play is not scoring. Uh, and yeah, to your point about the power plays, they're 25th in the league at drawing them. 25th in the league uh, yeah. when it comes to power plays. So I'm sure there's games in hand on some of these so that maybe the there's there's a couple of teams in front of them. But yeah, I think it's pretty fair to say that, yeah, they're, they're locked in per game, bottom 10. So yeah, uh, when you get the opportunities, maybe do a little bit better with them. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, time for rapid fire. Uh, unless any other big thing for you? No. Okay, yeah. I, I think that the... I think my favorite moment of the season was the Mitch Marner shorthanded goal. Like I really do. Like I, I did not, I have not had a more joyous, like way to go. Uh, we were joking about, I think it was, uh, I hate misattributing tweets. I think it was Nick Richard uh, that McKee pointed out, had a tweet the other day of like, Hey, Mitch Marner, the 600 points, right? He Ontario guy, surely he is beloved, <laughs> right? His, yeah. He's just, he's not, He's not one of the main guys that is most liked uh, by the fan base. And I, I really did have a moment where he made that play. He blocks that shot. He causes the turnover. He's really good on breakaways. Like, I feel like he's just, if, if there's That's his move guy, now, eh? That, that, yeah. that but short it just, side flick high. But don't you kind of feel like if you've got one leaf life on the line on this, it's, it's actually him over Matthews in this particular goal scoring like it's hard to say that, but I feel so confident when Mitch is on the break. But I feel like Matthews doesn't really get in-game breakaways. Yeah, I'm trying to think I, of when he ever really gets them. Yeah, I can't think of one right now. But uh, I just I had a real yes, Mitch moment, like way to go, yeah. kid moment. Like I was rooting for him, like he was a child, saying every everyone should give you a little bit of credit for this play, for this moment, or for the sequence that shift. That was a great overall shift from him. I mean, that was yeah. a huge block, and yep. it was obviously painful. And watching it live and in the moment i went all right well he's getting off the ice and then he stayed on and he caused a turnover he did it all himself i mean yep. he is a star i know i know some of the frustrations i have them myself with him sure. and potentially with the, with the way he's just overall managed um and deployed but he is capable of doing special things and that was a special shift in a big moment in the third period and you'd like to see it you know, not to circle back on the penalty kill, but you'd like to see the penalty kill just come through at some point. You know, guys make big plays. And that kind of happened the first time they played Vancouver, right? Where guys stepped up and got into fights after huge hits. And then they just sc they scored on the power play. Mm -hmm. So you'd like to see the penalty kill just dig in a little bit and kind of respect the effort of the teammate or whatever that's happened in place. It's just, it's it's tough. It was a great play. It's going to get lost in the season because they lost the game and yeah. all that. So it's a little bit unfortunate. Yeah, it is. I, I will say, though, too, and, and this, I think it's a hockey IQ play, the block, too, though. They said it on the broadcast. Yes. Like, this is a Vancouver pet play on their power play. It's a guy who obviously studied their film, was prepared for it, made the play, and sacrificed the body to make it. And so all of those things combined, I just thought it was a lot of what Mitch Marner offers you, right? Which is, uh, high-level hockey IQ, high-level stick in terms of being able to intercept and break up a play, and then like great finishing ability with that with that move that he's kind of made his own on that one. Uh, any rapid fires for you? Yeah, I I know you've been picking on him lately, so I guess I'll take the mantle for that. But 
Matthew. I've been Nye, trying Philly. not to pick on him lately, by the way. I've been saying it with the, like the nicest. He's young, and it's not all his fault, and there shouldn't be this much pressure. I'm doing a lot of couching on it. Look, the he's a young kid. I don't want to pile on too hard. Yeah. It's his first year in the league. All of those. See, now you're things. getting it. Now you're getting it. Yeah. Now you know how to do it. Now, now you can go. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've prefaced it, I yeah. mean, he just he could not break out tonight, and yeah. that's been a theme with him. Honestly, I thought even since when he entered last season on the team, the difference is last season, he was kind of coming in hot from college, full of confidence. And mm -hmm. he actually scored a few times the, right after. Like he did once against Tampa on the playoffs where he actively cost him a goal. And then he came down and scored, you know, the next shift that he had. So that is obviously not happening right now. It's hard to do that in the league. Like the play that, that is on right now, that just, that can't happen. That has to mm -hmm. be a chip out. Vancouver scored on the play like the play continued from here and then that ended up being the 4-3 goal and he had so much time on that like more than say, enough this is time a weird in the thing with him right now is that it this this is a thing that has been driving me nuts for like this entire stretch of poor play is that he's just not winning board battles in the d zone yeah. and just chipping the puck out like it's these simple you would be thinking okay big body make a strong physical play and He's often either holding on to it too long or he's trying to go back in the D zone sometimes with it. It's it's weird. It's these are the kinds of things that get you radio because he's skilled enough to come out and, and make some highlight real plays and do some things. And we've seen that. Mm. And by and large, he's producing at a respectable rate. But to me, like this, this is the play again. Like time yeah. that has to be off the wall and out. Like it yeah. has to be off the wall and out. You are on the road. You're playing a top team. There's a minute and a half left in the period. You're, you know, your top players just had an absolute, absolute period to tie you guys up 3-3. Three, three. The fans, the Leaf fans in the arena are taken over and you don't get it out there and, and look what happens. And, and you go in to the third, you know, feeling kind of okay that it's now 4-3 instead of 3-0, but mm -hmm. a little bit bittersweet that you don't have the lead or sorry, that you're not tied at minimum. And that kind of snowballed and carried over into the third, unfortunately. So you saw I don't his know. reaction too, right? He knows. He knows. And they need <laughs> he knows what's gonna happen yeah. here. It's like he's like, This is me back in the film room getting grilled over the same thing that I've been doing wrong for the last four games. And it's tough because like we said, like 17 points, and I think it's now 42 games for him. Like mm -hmm. that's a reasonably productive rookie season. That's hard mm -hmm. to overall knock and at the same time, he also spent a good chunk of that time so far stapled on the top line playing with the best goal scorer in the league. So that's not really that great production in that kind of look at it. You know, you're going to pace for 35 points playing with a guy who might get 70 goals. Like, that's actually really hard to do. Like, that's like that's actually impressively low when that's been your one of your primary line mates. And I know he doesn't get the power play time and all that, but it just, it looks... Those kinds of things and, and the lack of confidence and the lack of throwing the body around, that kind of just reeks of a guy who spent no time in the American League actually working on his game and working mm -hmm. on being on a, a pro. And he kind of got shoehorned into the league, which is a byproduct of the Leafs' lack of cap space and so many other factors. But to me, this is that catching up to, to him and the team right now because, I don't know, like... Noah Gregor didn't even play eight minutes tonight. And I think Noah Gregor could have given them better minutes and safer minutes than what Matthew Nyes did. You know, that I think that's probably the most often overlooked thing with probably this fan base in particular right now, given where they're at uh, in the competitive cycle with some of the younger guys. Yeah. And and something that's certainly lost with, like I hadn't even really thought about it, is how beneficial the AHL could have been for him. 
because we just assume, and that's part of the hype machine's fault, right? You get yeah. all excited for a player and you go, I can't wait for him to be with the Leafs and look what Shining he's doing. Your in toy college. syndrome. Yeah, People of course. And then he comes up yeah. here and, and now it feels like what should have just been a pretty normal part of the progression, which is guy needs to go down to the minors and, and learn a little bit more and, and yeah, develop a little bit more now becomes a major storyline here. But again, it's also the team's fault because they don't have depth players yeah. that are pushing him underneath. Like the option for Keith tonight is, well, I could put in Nick Robertson. And he says, yeah. Same thing. He also can't yeah. break out. <laughs> yeah. How does that? So. He's, he, oh, you want a forward that will help in support along the boards and get pucks yeah. out? Like, yeah, that's yeah. not exactly his uh, calling card. Uh, anyways, anything else for you, Anthony? It's been great. No, that's it for me. Okay, so, sorry to end on a bad note. That's I, no, I feel bad yes, now. <laughs> I, I got to, that was nice. I got to be Mr. I got to be poly positive <laughs> with the, the Marner play and you had to, it, to bury the kid. You know what? I'll say uh, on a positive note yeah, though, like sure. Morgan Riley, I just have a lot of time for just the yeah. way that he kind of engaged physically at the end there with Myers and, awesome. um, and everything that was happening. Like he's consistently the, one of the only guys that steps up in, in big moments, whether it is, the heat of the battle within the game or just mm -hmm. the fact that it's like a generally it's a big game and he he yeah. shows up oh dude it's it, just, yeah god it's the number one yeah. thing with riley like there's a certain sect of lee fans that strongly believe he should be the captain i think that's and and you i think that sect is right <laughs> like, i think that that's i think that those are the people who are correct because of that because it would be hard to argue against. I'll say that for sure. It would be very just, difficult to argue he, against that. He can match. It. This isn't a guy who's just in Vancouver and always playing in his hometown kind of thing. Like, no, even before the game, he kind of went, I don't talk to people who are just like the big Canucks <laughs> fans anymore. They're not in my life. I was like, this is great. This is a great little, this is You're a Toronto. We, we hooked you in. You are, yeah, you are in Toronto. And, You're one of us. <laughs> but just, you can always trust that when a game has a high emotional level, that he's going to find a way to match it without having the overboard stuff, right? Like you would, you would always yeah. thought, Hey, Nazem Kadri is going to be able to get up for a game like this, but Oh crap. He went overboard. Oh, he, he went too far. Morgan yeah. Raleigh really doesn't have that in him. And yeah, look at how many scrums was he even in tonight. Three. He was, he was all over it. I yeah. honestly, the biggest compliment to him tonight might've been how bad the power play looked without him. It, yeah, it, they didn't even gain the zone. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And he, he takes a lot of crap for that too. Uh, again, you can follow him on Twitter at a Petrelli. And I highly recommend, highly, highly recommend reading Anthony's stuff on Maple Leaf Hot Stove. Uh, it always, like I said, we it's it's a widely discussed column in the industry. Always, it's like it's a the number one. There's you will not find a person in the industry that does not read your column. Like that is just a fact. I think it's Thank one you. of the best written things that's yeah out there for Leaf coverage. So hey, buddy, thanks for doing this. I know we'll be doing it again soon. So yeah, follow Anthony again right there if you're watching on YouTube on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, subscribe to this podcast if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify. Hit thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. And we'll see you late tomorrow night with my good friend, Jackie Ripp. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching.